Welcome back to The Apprenticeship Diaries. This is People Talk, part two of Amy's interview with Patrick Ross. Welcome to The Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Um, no, so the the experience was, I mean, it was, again, it was a small shop and I think I was the only one tattooing. Um, uh, I remember Josie, you know, my mentor kind of like peeking over and being like, okay, cool. You know, all right, do this, do that. Um, but for the most part, just being supportive, you know, just like, Hey, you're doing good. You're doing great. looks awesome. Um, I remember shaking just so nervous and again that's why I, I often with my apprentices want them to work on themselves again like if you're gonna shake and do all this stuff you're gonna rather do it on yourself and and start to gain that confidence than seeing it on somebody else because that's gonna drive you nuts like yeah. knowing that it's permanent and still walking around and you're gonna have that anyway so you might as well give your first couple on you and, and get it out of the way yeah my friends revel in my apprentice work. They love showing it to me. It's like, Oh, I can fix that. Like, no, no, no. Oh, this piece of shit's going to be here forever. You know, it's like, Oh, you guys are the worst, but. Well, that's something else to focus on too. Right. Because, you know, they're collecting it for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, that's, that's the thing is that like, uh, you're shaking because in your head, you know, you're not going to be perfect or you're not what you should be. Mm-hmm. But, but if you had any idea, you know, kind of what the other person was kind of submitting yourself to themselves to, which now I do, because I make a point of being a first tattoo for a lot of apprentices, yeah. um, and letting them use my skin, because mm-hmm. for me, it's a really good thing to say, I know what you're going to be. And mm-hmm. I want the first, right. I know that you are going to be fucking amazing. And I want that collector item on me first. I want to say, I got so-and-so's first piece. Yeah. You see that motherfucker? Like (laughs) that's, that's, that's a thing. And it's, it's it's the rookie card of tattoo artists. You know, I got that rookie card. I got that first, you know, that first year. (laughs) Can you imagine like now I see it as like, I'm a part of that person's story. Like right. I, that, you know, I, I want to be that, that, yeah, like you said, that rookie card. And I, I think it gives a level of confidence too, to, yeah. uh, to that person. And they're, you know, same thing. They're shaking, they're upset. They're like, like this isn't going to be good. I'm like, well, it's not going to be that bad either because right. you're doing it on me and I know what I should feel. And yeah. I know what is going to happen. And I know how bad you're going to have to fuck up before. Yeah before I got to tell you to stop. And let me tell you, none of that is in my head because we have, we have done what we have to do here and I know it's going to be fine. And we're both going to learn in this about each other's strengths and weaknesses, and it's going to be great. So like, um, but that's what I do now. Um, I did have my apprentice, my first apprentice that she's now a tattoo artist. I did have her tattoo herself, her second tattoo, um, which she found very humbling. (laughs) (laughs) I will agree. I I think it's something that, um, I mean, we go back and forth. She was like, I don't think that was a good move. And I was like, but, but now she likes the tattoo. So I'm like, well, how is it a bad move? Like, right. Yeah. (laughs) I think she learned that, that like, you know, that thing that not all tattoos have to be awesome to be honored and to be a gem, you know, like, yeah. There's something in them that makes them that that collector item, that that moment that's really, really cool. And so if that's something that I could give people who are aspiring, it, it's like, dude, I mean, same thing. I have friends that will never let me cut their hair again because they submitted themselves, <laughs> submitted themselves <laughs> but they, they are like, dude, you know, you can cut a head of hair now. And it's probably because you whacked off mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so that like that jab they can take. And right. I'm like, you fucking knew what you were getting into. Like, come on now. Why would you think I know what I was doing? <laughs> Again, <laughs> that shit's on, on you. you, man. That's on you, man. <laughs> but no you're right you're right like it's it for an artist i had somebody say well what if you know at your funeral or not your funeral your deathbed everybody rolled in and like it was all the people that you had ever tattooed i was like oh please god don't do that to me (laughs) (laughs) because you're leaving me in my deathbed with no agency and i gotta look at artwork that i can't change Uh, when I'm already in the fucking ground and talk about it. <laughs> and you know, there'd be that one person that shows up and is just like, you know, they never did finish this tattoo. It's like, oh. I'd be like, motherfucker, you sat on that shit for years. It ain't my fault. <laughs> Every time we talked, oh, I got to finish my tattoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> or all the tattooers would be like, I wanted to get a tattoo by you, but it never happened. Like, we always yeah. talk about we're going to tattoo each other, and then it just yeah. never happens. <laughs> I mean, it's all good, though. Uh, we're, yeah. I think we're, uh, most of us are ADD as a motherfucker. So, like, oh, yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> I think, yeah. I, I yeah. I, if, if finishing things is or not being able to finish things is a, is a marker of ADHD. I feel like I've got part of it because I get so excited when I start drawing something and I'll get like through the sketch and the resketch and the resketch. Um, and then like the shading maybe. And then I know it's like, it needs color and background and all their stuff. And it's just like, and move on, you know, (laughs) you've, you've been, you know, explored enough. (laughs) <laughs> yep. I got the idea down. I'm good. It doesn't, it no longer, you know, screams to me. Now I've got this other idea, you know? No, I hear but. you. I, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of potential now for me. Cause I have a whole basement full of that shit of like mm-hmm. going through things and then finishing them. I could have a whole YouTube channel, just finishing shit to the start. Forcing myself to do it. <laughs> I mean, I've considered it. Um, but that's cool too. <laughs> I think it's the one downside to, well, there's a lot of downsides to an iPad and a lot of upsides, but mm-hmm. one of the major ones is maybe you don't keep as much of it. Like I don't, I don't imagine 10 years from now, people are going to have all the files of all the drawings that they had, mm-hmm. you know, in an iPad stored somewhere. Whereas when you have that notepad, you just it goes in a box. And it goes, yep. in, another one goes in the box and goes in the box. And I have absolutely gone through all those old pads and yeah, 90% of it is working sketches or dumb ideas or things that didn't work out. But then you find that gem, mm-hmm. you know, that you never finished. And it's like, Hey, that's, it's got some potential and you put it off to the side, you know, and, and especially when you're um, having a block or just not feeling inspired or you know, find yourself in that moment when all the work you do is for other people and you just can't find anything for yourself anymore. It kickstarts something. Yeah, it does. You know, and you might take it into a whole new direction because now you've learned way more, Yeah. you know, and that rudimentary sketch that, you know, clearly you've progressed so much past can spark something that you come back to it and make it that much better. And it's, it's great. And I absolutely recommend still sketching on paper. So you have that. You know, yes. and especially at the in an apprentice time, because you are in 10 years, you're gonna look back at your stuff and go, Whoo, that was not, rough. Not to mention hey, the dexterity. Yeah. Yeah, the dexterity yeah. of it. Um, because that's the other thing with iPads that it robs you of is that like, you know, you're you're dealing with an artificial connection from, you know, like a, a surface, you know, with this eye eye pencil or whatever the mm. hell it is. If it's an iPad, you know, if it's a tablet, it's another version. But like it, you're not getting dirty you're not making the marks your hand isn't actually enacting and you're not feeling those muscles that happen when you drill and you drill and you drill Mm -hmm. on paper and you know uh, that was another thing about like uh the, the one tattoo that i have of like you know her first tattoo what i saw about her right away was that she 
just kept these immaculate sketchbooks and still does to this day. Mm. And she made these symmetrical pendants out of shrinkadinks and like would full on color these huge things that would shrink to like this size. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it would be like an eight by 10 that would shrink by, to like a two inch thing. Oh, and I was like, mother, and she did them all by hand. I was like, you know, you can print like on shrinking paper. She's like, ah, I don't like the colors, the way they come out. And I was like, what? And she would do these perfectly symmetrical drawings that like, I mean, it would, it would just make you shudder. And like, I was like, dude, the, the, the way that she would drill herself, I was like, holy shit. Her name's Amber Ramirez. She's incredible. And she's really climbing as a tattoo artist, but like, um, uh, she is like her, her artwork already. I was like, you're a tattoo artist, man. You don't even fucking know that you are like, 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 <laughs> before she was a tattoo artist. I was like, you're a tattoo artist. You will, you will be one very soon. <laughs> but yeah, like that's, that's the kind of thing. Well, so, so you went through like normal walk-in shop, got your teeth in into like probably the gauntlet of things everything oh yeah yeah what was, what was a very popular tattoo that you remember doing a lot of <laughs> <laughs> i was praying hands with only god can judge me <laughs> that was one of that's my a good first. one that was my um first. <laughs> there is a there is a real race um to which one was the worst um <laughs> There was barbed wire, the old barbed wire. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was a hard one, too. You know, as far as like learning line work Mm -hmm. and practicing your line work and your your hand and and understanding um, where you're riding that stencil and keeping an eye on your distance, especially with barbed wire, you know, or or Celtic work, that line has to be consistent because if it's thick and thin and thick and thin, it looks janky. so as a lesson or as a practice, it was really good, you know. Well, and going completely around the arm too, if they yeah. were so bold as to do well, that. Yeah, most of them <laughs> quit wow. right here. I know. <laughs> All those big tough guys quit right here. Um, right to the bicep, right, right when it gets gets real spicy on the back yeah, of the oh, arm too. No, that that hurts too much. It's like you're you're so tough, you want barbed wire on your arm, but that's that's just. Okay. But it's also um, like great for like the way the skin changes too, if they go all the way around too, like, you know, yeah. just knowing about stretching and like all yeah. that stuff between different areas. Yeah. It's a good lesson. And then there was the Godsmack sun. Yes. That fucking sun. You're oh. right. I did a lot of those. I don't know. That might be a contender between the praying hands. I don't know. The Godsmack sun was huge. That was gigantic. And right? I mean, it was two to three times a week. If you, I mean, there'd be days where you would do it at least twice a day, Yeah, you know, and, and people would call and be like, yeah, I'm looking for like a tribal son. And you just be like, is that the Godsmack album? They're like, yeah, how'd you know? It's like, boy, we sure do those a lot. You sure you want to do that? Oh yeah. 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 Cool. But it was like everything. It's a, it's always a lesson. It's always a teachable moment that you learn as an artist to, to try to talk to your clients and be like, Hey, we do this a lot. And a lot of times people want a tattoo to be their own. It's their tattoo. So they're, they, they get upset when they start to see them on a lot of different people. Like, could we maybe discuss something else or, you know, I can try to draw something different. And, and it's, it's a way to try to learn that communication. Um, it's not going to always work. You're not going to always be able to talk them into changing their mind, but doing that and banging your head against that wall, um, you will find breakthroughs. You will find the people that go, Oh, well, gee, I didn't think about that. Would you draw me something? And then you can stop and think about what you said. Like, how did I reach this person? Then you try again. And that, that teaches you how to communicate to a client, not in a, um, condescending way, which is very easy. And I'm an absolute, I've fallen victim to it as well. Um, but to, to speak to your client and to try to guide them and not just be like, you know, words don't look good on the body. Right. You know, like right. something very dismissive like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and unfortunately I I've been called out 
you know, we were, uh, and I think it was over words. I mean, when that craze started to hit, which was mostly our fault because we kept telling people, get what you want, get what you want. And then they finally decided words is what they want. Now you got to do words. Um, but we, I remember like a client came in and asked for something and we're like, it was on the foot and it was some words and it was a lot of words or something. And we just, I'm pretty sure we just dismissed them. We're like, that's not a good idea. It's not going to look good. We're, we're really not into doing that right now. And they came back in a couple of days later and, and laid into me like full on, like, how dare you, you know, this was my idea. And you just, you know, you just shot me down and you were so rude and, and blah, 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 blah. And I, I sat back and I'm like, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, yeah. that's not that it was never how I wanted to be as a tattoo shop. I always wanted to kill people with kindness. I right. wanted people to come in and feel comfortable and be like, Hey, those guys are super nice. Like, right. cause you hear time and time again, you walk into a shop and, and they look at you like you're bothering them, you know, and who wants to go to that place and, and, you know, sit for four hours and get tattooed. Right. So suddenly we found ourselves being those people unintentionally, you know, and, and it was a great moment. You know, I thank that person for calling me out and being yeah. like, Hey, you're being an ass, you know? And yeah. I was like, you're right. And I have to remember that this is your tattoo, not mm-hmm. mine. Right. And I need to, to try to guide you as best I can, but also remember that like, this is important to you, not me. My job is to, to make it good, right. not make it look like something I want. You know? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing though, because as, as you said, um, tattoos, beginning was counterculture. So it wasn't about norms. It wasn't about placating, uh, those norms or feeding Mm -hmm. into them. It was, it was about being a rebel and, uh, you know, for that to transition into where I, where I'm was raised, um, which is why I think I did really well. Um, and you know, right away and getting into my second apprenticeship and tattooing was because I had such a knowledge of the service industry that like, and, and how to meet people in that kind of high level area of anxiety when they're, you know, trying to communicate how they want their hair and, and right. being kind within that space. Kindness, that's the thing is that it wasn't that you weren't kind. I mean, you weren't, but kindness takes a lot of time. And it's just like my gynecologist. It, I don't think he was wrong in setting a marker that he knew that both of us would be assured. Um that this was a good idea. It it's more so the fact that he was dismissive in in the way he belayed that you know verdict and that edict. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think that you know on on the other end on the client end, you know, realize you're going to a professional person. If if they're dismissing your idea too, uh, ask why. <laughs> ask True. why True. um because then you won't take it as personally either um and, and the the reality was i'm sure like you said there was a lot of words <laughs> a foot's not a big fucking place people like if you're breaking it down as to what is actually viable tattooable skin you got maybe like a four by three like rectangle yeah if if we're being kind. if that and that's right. and that's still in a foot, which right. most of us know is just really so not the best. You spot, might but. get three words for that, maybe, and short maybe. words. Right, <laughs> short words if they're not diagonal and like yeah. weird. So like, <laughs> or you know, this big. Right. You know, it's, so I just sh- want it really small. It's like no. Right. So the truth is, is that it's it's one and the other. Like, mm-hmm. were you advising her correctly for what she was asking? Yeah, but. Was the delivery and the tact off? Yes, again. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a two point reflection and communication with that of like, you know, in the service industry, uh, we always try to like, you know, we think about like, don't take it personally, never assume, yeah. always mm-hmm. ask questions, yeah, never say no, you know, always always look at you know, this is like, okay, well, we can't do that, but we can do this, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. those are just things that you learn though, but you don't learn them if you don't grow up in the service industry, which is why yeah. I said, you know, if you get in a corporate America job, 
hang on to those like nuggets that you get there because they, they do, um, you know, they have HR teams, they have people that are about having massive groups of people interact to a similar end and they're all able to get along. I mean, maybe not the best, but they're able to get along and do these things (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they know how to keep that order. So, you know, those kind of things you can pick up are really great. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it, it, um, in the beginning of our life, you know, it was, I mean, I remember it. It was, it wasn't, I got, I got really, I mean, I got aggressively like came at by a couple of the tattoo artists that I called out for like showing up after their client. Like they're like, how fucking dare you call me out like that? Like, and they like went at me in front of people. (laughs) I was like, I don't even know what fucking world I'm in right now. Like, like, like coming from a place where you get there, everything is like, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late kind of deal, Mm -hmm. you know, like that kind of regiment and how you better be dressed to impress smelling good, looking good, everything to like, don't you dare fucking wrap me out and tell me how to do my business. I was like, Whoa, (laughs) this is crazy. (laughs) It's it's that's yeah. That's tough. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have this, I'm in the you same learn. boat that you are though. Like it's, and, but I've, I've also had the, the privilege of, of, you know, running a shop and, and working with other artists and being like, guys, you can't show up late. Yeah. It's because that makes us look bad. It makes mm-hmm. you look bad. It makes the shop look bad. Um, and this is a service that we have the privilege of giving people, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you can lose that if people are like, well, he doesn't show and he's late and then he takes forever and then he doesn't get it done. He takes like 15 smoke breaks, you know, like, like all that stuff starts adding up. Mm -hmm. And it's like the first thing you can do for that first impression is to be on time and to be ready to go. You know, you could still be doing another tattoo, even that, you know, like, I guess it's different from showing up late, but if it's like, Hey, I see you, I got your sketch. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. instead of like, well, they're in the waiting room. I uh, just, I need to get this done. I'm not going to say anything. Head right. down. Do work. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. get there when I get there. <laughs> it's like, yes, they are coming to you for your art, but they're also coming to you for that customer service. And you don't have to be like over the top with it, no. but just, just recognize or just, uh, um, not recognizing, but just to basically acknowledging someone. Mm-hmm. goes so far like it yep. does more than almost anything else like you can come out and give them coffee or water you know after 15 minutes late and you're still better off being on time than giving them water or, you know like yeah you know buying them a soda or something absolutely it's, it's just it's important that being said uh do you call them out in front of another client yeah <laughs> No, that's on the back channels. The answer to that question is no, (laughs) you don't do that. (laughs) No, My whole illustration of that is just like, you know, going from what I understand to be like really high professionalism to, you know, I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said what I said and I shouldn't have done that in front of a client. And that did warrant a backlash on my end. So I, I did do something wrong too. Um, but Within that incident, this is how it went down. I'll I'll break it down just for our listeners. (laughs) It didn't happen exactly like that. They showed up late. Before they showed up late, this client was sitting there commensurating with me as the front end person who was doing all of the, you know, all the things you do as an apprentice. And they're like, yeah, he's always late. And I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, it's definitely a thing. And so we were actively talking about it. And I was like, you know, I'm, in my profession, like that, that would just be inexcusable. Like that would right. not be something that is at all allowed. Right. And he's like, ah, you know, it's just kind of what I, what I predict of this person. It's kind of become the thing. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if that's, if that's what you're into, man. And that's what you're fine with. That's cool. Then I got dogged out by the artist because it got back to him that I had said these things right. and I got accosted uh, because I was the little shit apprentice 
who should have never, ever, ever questioned anything. (laughs) So that's how it went down. So it wasn't exactly, but I, I suffered from foot and mouth syndrome and just things fly that shouldn't fly. (laughs) I'm sorry to anybody that I've offended or hurt by my just errant tongue. Yeah. (laughs) Just goes crazy. (laughs) I have definitely done myself in by talking too much as well, just trying to identify with people or, or tell stories and have come back and gone, Oh, oh, why oh, did shit. I tell them that? Why did I do that? <laughs> no, now they're at this really point, mad at me. Like, yeah. At this point, I'm just like, I can't win them all. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, the worst part about that is you were so right. Like that's, yeah. and I think for that person calling you out, there has to be a certain amount of shame. Mm. to them that then made them angry because they feel shameful and they know they did wrong. And, you know, it's always hard to to focus on yourself and blame yourself. So why don't I go kick the apprentice, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I well, mean, it's, there's it's so not hundred percent deserved either, you know? No. Well, but I, I, um, he, in retrospect, I've, I have a lot of, um, uh, just uh, you know you you come to after a while not take it personally and uh, and know like you said i i feel for him because i i know that uh his background was way different than mine and suffered way different traumas than i did and i understand that now so you know it sucked for what i had to experience of him but um he's a, a much different person now and i've heard I've heard tell he's not tattooing anymore. He's in a much better place. Um, that's more in alignment with him. He, he, uh, I think he's in the, um, professional weed industry and helps, uh, yeah, totally better for him. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah. <you> know, so, <laughs> he was somebody I'm like, you might need pot <laughs> to, to function. <laughs> So I'm glad for him that he's, you know, found that part, but yeah, like it's all love in the end. Like it is what it is. Like I, I had to suffer it for what I did and it's made me a better person. And it did, it did make me, um, kind of reflect a little bit. My boyfriend's always telling me like, you just, you just say things and you don't understand the fucking consequences. Some people, man, are not going to talk back. They're Mm. just going to hit you. Like mm. they're just gonna, they're gonna throw something that you don't even, you don't even know is coming. And, and yeah. you're calling that to yourself. And I'm like, and I'll, I'll be mad when he says this, like, I fucking care. And he's like, you will care. You will care. And you will understand. Yes. <laughs> that's a lesson I'll have to learn though. Yep. You know? Well, that's <laughs> what I tell him. I'm like, well, if I make it through alive, I guess I'll learn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things like you don't get to dictate my pain. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I will determine how much I suffer. <laughs> <laughs> so um you've you so you ran a shop like right away. Um mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about like what you said it wasn't great? Um what what was that like? You know, just like what did you learn? Oh man. Um I learned so much and and I say it wasn't great only because had I had more experience, um, it would have been easier. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't give it up for anything. I, I, I took over rogues gallery. Um, I think around 2000, 2001, I had it for 18 years and I, I kept the doors open for 18 wow. years and, and I, I so proud of that. And I'm so proud of that shop and the people I worked with. Um, but having the experience of getting my first tattoo there, all I ever wanted to do was just work there when I started tattooing. So when the opportunity came up, it was like, well, at first I told him no, because <laughs> he, he always told me owning your own shop was a total pain in the ass never to do it. He comes to me and he's like, Pat, I think you should buy my shop. I'm like, Brad, no, you told me no. Like, yeah, like, why would I do that? I listened to your advice. What are you telling me? And he goes, yeah, it's different. It's my shop. Um, <laughs> and of course it was like, yeah, of course. I, I, I had to go to a friend uh, and, and literally it was a friend and I that, that invested in it. And uh, he helped me 
you know, get the capital together to, to take it over and to pay our friend what we thought was a, an honest price. Um, but I learned, you know, I learned about customer service. I learned about being responsible with bills. Um, I learned the bills you don't always have to pay when you're in a crunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, those are important too. Yeah. I learned that you have, there has to be a level of camaraderie and respect for the people that work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just treat them like a tool, like, Hey, you need to make me this amount of money mm-hmm. or we can't stay in business, you know? Um, and, and again, the, the guy that worked with me for all of those years, his name is, uh, Taki. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a, he's a legend in the area. Um, I used to laugh because we would go out to like a movie or something in Minneapolis. And our shop was in a tiny little town called Menominee, like an hour away. And they would go, Hey, you're that guy from rogues gallery. And they would be talking to talkie. And I, and I would look at him and go, I, I own, I own the place, <laughs> man. Like, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, he just, everybody knew him and he was the, you know, the heart and soul of the place. Um, and it, and it was, it was just a great experience, you know, but I learned I was a terrible businessman and I, I failed on all sorts of levels of trying to do things. Um, but I managed to do whatever I could to keep the doors open. And I did, I, you know, and, and there were some slow times there in the early two thousands where like I worked other jobs just to keep the doors open. Right. Um, but I was happy. Yeah. And make a lot, but I was happy. I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, I enjoyed the people that came in. I enjoyed not having to answer to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so in the end, of course it was a great experience. I just think it was a really rushed thing that it, I shouldn't have gone into it so fast. And there was also some, I had to like literally explain to the tattoo community at the time, because everybody assumed I was literally stealing this from Taki because he already oh, worked shit. there. And everybody assumed that if Brad was going to leave, Taki would take it over, gotcha. not understanding that he wanted nothing to do with it. He did not want to run the shop. Right. He just wanted to work there. Um, Brad literally came to me because he knew we were similar people. We're very friendly. We're trying to be open and, and have a good time. And, and, and he knew that I would be able to keep the doors open. So Taki would also have a place to work. Uh, my friend Taki was also in a wheelchair. He's technically mm-hmm. a quadriplegic. Right. Um, so it was a great work environment for him too. <clears throat> and we wanted to keep that. So it took a bit. People were really mad at me at first when they found out, you know, and, and I had to explain. It's like, no, 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 no. I, yeah. This is a, this is me trying to help. I'm, I'm right. not trying to take anything, you know? And, right. and they actually had to talk to Taki and Taki was like, I don't want it. I don't know right. if he wants to buy it. Cool. Like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that stuff. Um, and so then it was, it was more accepted. You know, a lot of the old school guys were just like, it's still too soon. And I'm like, I know, I don't, I don't know what else to do though. Yeah. Like, um, what do you want? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, and I didn't want to just bail on skin prints and, and Josie, you know, cause right. it was so soon after my apprenticeship that it's like, Oh, I'm just going to buy a shop and say sayonara. Like, right. no, I can't. That's, I can't do that. That's not loyal. That's not, you gave me so much. Right. And even if it's a foot in the door in this industry, it's huge and it should be respected. I, and I believe that of all apprentices, if they treat you well and they give you a foot in the door, try to pay them back with a, a modicum of loyalty and, and respect. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's good for your own reputation as, as well as it's just going to make you feel better about a person. Like I, I, I feel good that I continued working with Josie and then I literally asked her, I'm like, can I, can I go full time? Like, are you guys good? And they were, they didn't need me. I mean, I mean, they did not need me at all. Um, but I was just, she was so gracious and so wonderful. And, and it was, the smartest thing I think I could have done right. in taking over that shop was continuing to respect and work with my, um, my first mentor. Right on. So it was, it was, it was good. And it's it, a and lot of hustle too. It was work. a lot of hustle. Yeah. I it imagine was, like 80 hour weeks. It, I, I don't know that I ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just what I did. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and I would come home at night and, and I had some roommates that were best friends and, and we'd always just kick back and relax. And, you know, uh, it's not like you have to get up super early in the morning, <laughs> you know, tattoo life, no, you know, if you wake up by 10 o'clock, you're going to be on time, you're you know? Yeah. So it, it just, at the time just didn't seem like a lot of work, yeah. you know, it, it just, it was what you did. Um, so it was, I, I was glad I did it. And, and it, and it, I had a comfortable place to work for 18 years, even though I worked at other shops here and there. Yeah. Um, it was, it's, it was great. I had my own hidey hole. Like I didn't have to, you know, deal with other people's egos or walk into a new shop and, and try to like find out where I fit in. You know, I always had my place, you know, even though I did work in Minneapolis or in the, in the area for a while, um, again, working two different shops, uh, I still always had my home. Some exciting news, diary listeners. We actually got a wonderful promotional code from Reinventing the Tattoo recently, and we're happy to share this with you. It's 10% off on a subscription to Reinventing the Tattoo. And if you don't know about this wonderful, wonderful service, it's continuing education for working professionals, very geared around tattooers. But I would venture to say that if you are looking to improve your art skills and have regular momentum to your creation, Creativity and to your own professional education, I can't recommend it enough. One of the prime people that you will be critiqued by and helped with and draw with and all of that good stuff is Guy Atchison. And if you don't know about him, you probably should. He is a very, very pivotal person in our industry. I joined them for, for one exercise. I, I did a color study. I mean, Rico sat there and, and watched me the other night do mm-hmm. a, a color study exercise with Guy and company, and it was amazing. I was flexing all kinds of muscles. It's just all around if you want to improve your art skills. I can't see a better way than hanging out with a lot of professional artists and seeing the kind of work that they do and the kind of exercises they work on all the time. It's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. So again, that's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. And that's going to save you 10% on your subscription. Go check it out, folks. You know, Rogues is always my home. And- well, I'm sure it taught you to the... Um- the compassion for the business owner too, which not, not a lot of people, I mean, they know they don't want to do it. You know, they, they know that that that's a lot of responsibility, but they don't know the responsibilities. And so once you take that on, then you kind of have this compassion that you didn't have before as a practitioner. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I grew up with that. I've never owned my own, my own business, but my parents have. So I grew up understanding that side of it. And I was yeah. like, I don't know if I want to do this now. I just, <laughs> now I'm just such a fucking, you know, like hard to lead person that, um, I, I, th- I have to have my own place because I don't listen to anybody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I do, I, I, I think, I think for me, it would probably, I would ideally, if I were to do anything at this point, um, I'd love to partner with somebody or get like three people involved in something. Yeah. I think a trifecta is good because you've got a tiebreaker always and mm-hmm. you can always like, you know, get, get me and be like, you're outvoted, man. Like, 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 what do you want? And then I'll be like, yeah, you're right. You know, like there might be, there might be something to what you're saying. We can at least try that. But like, I, I need a, I need a challenge on those things. And uh, on my own, I, I just, I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of like you, I like having like the, the camaraderie. I love um, learning as I go a total uh, student of life kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. I can't say that I am a great business person either because I I love people too much. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of more addicted to people than I am the dollar. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So that's not a good thing when you want to be a business person. (laughs) It's a great manager though. It's a great, like, you know, it's a great HR person. It's a great, um, therapist or whatever, um, practitioner. But as far as like a business person, I need somebody to kind of slap me with some cold numbers every once in a while. (laughs) 
found it hard too that like you give of yourself, you know, the whole day to your clients, your art, your ear, you know, your own emotional stability sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. when they start to sort of trauma dump on you. Um, that when you get to the end of the day and it's time to do the numbers, there's nothing. You don't want to do it. You're like, yeah. I'll 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 do that tomorrow. You know, I can't, I don't have the time. Like, I gotta go home and rest. And yeah, it's 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 there are there are special unicorns out there that can do both. And yeah. Good for you, man. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but if you can't get a business manager, get a partner, get a, you know, uh, have somebody to help you with the numbers or to keep you on track with the numbers, to give you a certain amount of accountability and be like, Hey, did you do your, did you balance everything out? Did you, did you put all the stuff where it needs to be? Did you get your, you know, bills paid? Did you, you know, did you get your QuickBooks updated? Like whatever, you know, yeah. thing needs to be, you know, instead of, did you, take that bill and throw it in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, I mean, it's like you said, it's not only that, but it's not, it's, I really do feel like it's like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm good at both math and, and uh, art as well. But I have found that there's a a real thing called tattoo brain where like you, your brain is switched to that one side of thinking so long that just doing basic math is just like it, it, there's nothing there. There's no juice for it. Like you've got to completely switch quad, you know, like a section of your brain and start thinking in a different way. And by that time, after you've exhausted so much in one direction, there's just nothing you gassed, you gassed all of the stuff that you have. So I, I think it's, um, you know, I, I think that it would be possible if you didn't put so much into one portion of it, but it's just, I mean, honestly, I, I dream about like, you know, I, I don't necessarily have to tattoo. I like, I like being around tattoo artists enough that honestly, like if, if, if it came down to like, you show me how you want to do your books and you, I'll be the fucking manager, dude. I don't give a shit. Like I, I'll walk around, like I'll do the books, make sure everybody's fine, you know, smooze your client, have a good conversation, <laughs> clean, clean the break room. I'll fucking yeah. scrub toilets. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Like <laughs> you want me to go full on in this other side of the brain? I got that side too. I just can't do both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All yeah. the fucking time. Yeah. Like it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And lot. I agree. Like I well, you know. Jordan literally texted me that day because she knew what I love coming down and hanging out. I love that place so much. It's and cool two, she's shit. like, oh, there's this artist you totally got to meet. You're going to just totally hit it off. But yeah, I could spend the whole day in the shop just talking. Yeah. Lots of people work, you know? Mm-hmm. And if I, if I had to do a job there too, it'd be like, yeah, let me run the front and I'll answer the phones and do all the dumb shit. And like, yeah that's just nothing to me. And it's, 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 and it allows me to just hang out and do whatever without the stress of like, did I get those drawings done? Oh, I got to work on that super like, you know, fussy client that, you know, never sits yeah. still, you know, yeah. all that's gone. And I just get, I get all the plus, I get the camaraderie, I get mm-hmm. the art and, and I get, I, you know, I can be useful. Yeah. You know? So oh, no, totally. And I um 100% feel the same way. It's when you got to do it all that it becomes arduous and that uh, yeah. of course in the apprenticeship kind of days, that's kind of what they're grooming you for. Like they're, yeah. you yeah. have to do it all and it, mm-hmm. it is bombarding and it is just unbelievable. And then, you know, switch gears to go to another job as well, where you probably have to wear a different hat. So it's crazy. <laughs> so fortunately for you, you adopted a tattoo shop right away. So it was just full yeah. on like college level classes of business. Like, like right away. Right yeah. Right yeah. away. <laughs> some, some shady business advice here and there. You're like, what? No. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> you mean I don't have to pay Excel energy in the middle of winter? They won't shut me off. What? <laughs> do you think that Taki um gave you a lot of advice from his his place? Like, do you think that he really helped shape you as a business owner too? Do you think that was part of it? As a business owner, no. As a tattoo okay. artist, yes. Okay. He, I learned so much from him. Um, and he's one of those like really infuriating dudes that can immediately draw something. Yeah. I mean, just it's like, oh, hey, dude, um, could you draw me like a monkey with a football head 
with a spear. And he'll just be like, oh, yeah. Sure. Ten minutes later, it's done. And I'm in the back, like, trying to do the same thing. And I have a race, like, 15 times. And, like, three hours later, I'll be like, hey, look at that. And, and it won't be anywhere near as hit, good as his, you know. <laughs> and I just, I just, I, oh, I hated yeah. him so much because he was so good. Yeah. Um, but I would learn. I learned from him. I learned about um, line weight and perspective and, and, and all this other stuff. And um, no, he was a, a, a invaluable in, yeah. in my education as a tattoo artist, because obviously you don't stop learning when your apprenticeship ends, like right. you've just opened the door, you know? And, and I think, again, a lot of people should understand that. Like your apprenticeship is literally just kind of getting you up on the skates. You still got to learn how to cross over and skate backwards and do that all, all yeah. that other stuff, the fun, yeah. fancy things. Um, so you're going to keep learning. Um, and, and it was great because you're always going to like, I don't think there's ever a situation where one artist can teach you everything. Yeah. Even as, as amazing as, amazing as you know, uh, Tom Strom or Aaron Bell or all these guys that I love are, you're going to learn what they know, yeah. but they don't know everything. So it's, you're Correct. always going to, the more artists you add to your quiver of people, you know, the more stuff you're going to learn. Um, and yeah, he was invaluable at improving my art and my tattooing. And that's awesome. So, I mean, it was wonderful. And I used to joke, it's a kind of a really terrible joke. Um, but you know, I, I bought this tattoo studio and it came with like chairs and a couch and a little Asian dude in a wheelchair, you know, like I, <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest investment I ever made, you know? Um, well, kind of is. Cause honestly, like one of the things that you run into in opening up your own business is like handicapped accessibility and things like that. So right off the gate, like you had, you had those things like ticked off, you know, like, Oh. Yeah, you know, you had your your diversity in there. You, had, you know, like you're all inclusive, man. Like right out the gate. <laughs> that poor dude. Literally, well, he was there before I took it over. So I would say for at least 18, 19 years, he worked in a studio that the bathroom was downstairs. Holy shit! He had to go down the street to use the bathroom. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, awesome. he, it, it totally fit for him because he's very personal. So, I mean, he would go like down, like two doors down to one of the bars and he would sit there and talk to the bartenders and stuff, have a soda. Hence talking. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, but eventually what happened was that somebody we knew had a rental space and they asked us to move in. And one of the things was that there would be a bathroom right there. And oh, he just man. looked at me, he's like, dude, I get a bathroom and I'm like, <laughs> yep, you, you, you were I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it was just the biggest thing. And, and it, you realize in it, and it, and there was a, a whole story with how the shop ended with us then trying to find a new location and how hard it is to find handicap accessible buildings yes, even now. Dude. And it just, it, it it's a whole set of different uh, things that there are uh, um, challenges that they have to work with, uh, with setting up a station, with setting up a, a work area, mm -hmm. um, with somebody that's in a wheelchair and the mobility and stuff. Um, it really was invaluable, you know, and I learned a lot about um, accessibility and uh, I don't know if you call it inclusivity or whatever, but um, it just, it was, it always, it taught me a ton. And, He's still one of my best friends. And is, and is he still uh, tattooing? He's at Skin Prince. Oh, awesome. I was yeah. going to say, it, it would be an invaluable thing if he was willing to at all do a seminar. And I mean, I'd love to have him on the show, but like a oh, seminar on yeah. setup and like show people like how you actually construct that. He could sell that. And like, that would be uh, a really great thing for him to engineer because... I'm sure you're not alone in that. And it, it is invaluable information and he could make some good money for himself. If he was willing to be, you could probably film him and like, you know, yeah. talk it's not a bad him. idea. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, as, as far as a job goes, <clears throat> being able to tattoo, um, it, a wheelchair is a, it's a hindrance, but it's not impossible. No, no. And it's a, it's a, it was a great job for him. And there's, some some accommodations that have to be made, but they're 
relatively small in the scheme of, of, of that kind of, you know, being able to support yourself that well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that would be a, a great idea for him to, to I mean, share shit. his experience. I ran into it with my apprentice. She's left-handed and we had to, we had to <laughs> dude, we had to fucking engineer. The whole thing was set up for right-handed people. Yes. And she's like, what are we yes. going to do? I was like, well, I guess we got to move a shelf. And she's yeah. like, we can do that. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I got, I got my spackling putty right here. We'll just <laughs> cover up those holes and move that bitch right on over. We'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, okay. And I was like, what are they going to do? Like, no, you have to like tattoo, you know, completely illogically. I'm like, no, we're going to move a shelf. Yeah. <laughs> like reaching over because Dude. everything's set up for right-handed people. Yeah. I was like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hack this. So it's more comfortable for you. Whatever yeah. we're going to do. And she was like, okay. And I was like, what are you, they can, they can, they can put it back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really cute, but that was a factor, you know, like when you're dealing with somebody who their whole life they've had, they've moved through the things they just wrote or what I can't even do it. Like they're, they're writing like this. And so right. their hand is like smudging through. Always like, smudging. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what that's like, but they do. And they probably have a very particular way of writing because of it and doing a whole bunch of shit. Um, So yeah, just in that, that's not even like, you know, you can buy left-handed shears. You can buy left-handed, you know, like that's right. (laughs) It's something as a a right-handed person, you just, you don't think about very much until you're confronted with that. And I'm like thinking about, I'm like, how do I reverse my entire setup? Yeah. (laughs) You know it when you're in a bad setup because you're like, like you said, crossing over and doing all this dumb shit that's really uncomfortable. But yeah, that was something that we had to go through. He should, he should consider that because that would be a really cool thing that he could bring to the table from, from, you know, I mean, it doesn't get much more old school than like going to a a neighborhood bathroom (laughs) to go to the bathroom. And I mean, you know, we live in Wisconsin, so I mean, he's up there, you know, snowstorms just trudging right? his way to the bar next door across the street. His arms and, must be diesel as fuck. Oh man, he just <laughs> the poor guy. I mean, he just he would work so hard, and 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 then on top of it, you know, having a spinal injury, he um, he would have tremors, right? You know, so there's yeah. so there's things that would happen, and. He would every once in a while during a tattoo, his leg would start going, and he would literally like, like, just hold <laughs> on for but dear life. And it's just like the clients are like, "You okay?" He's like, "Yeah, Trevor, no big deal." It's um, like it's normal. So it's either have those or literally take a um, a sedative. That's like the only treatment they'll give you, other than the magic of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, that would deal with his tremors, you know? So he had this really weird rumor going around that he was either narcoleptic because of the the drugs that you'd fall asleep on you or somehow on cocaine because of the tremors. (laughs) And and like, we, you know, people talk and there are rumors that are created about you because it, you know, you can be a center of attention. And I remember it was within a week, we found both of those out and we were laughing hysterically. And I'm like, you're the only narcoleptic cokehead I know, bud. Like, I right. don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, Which is it? <laughs> so random. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and, and that's um, it's good advice to put out there. So I had a girlfriend that um, she heard about some rumors being, and she was really mad. And I was a part of the rumors, to be quite honest with you. But I, I kind of got my way out of it. I'll, I'll admit it to her one day when I'm doing inventory for all the bullshit I've done. I'm not ready yet. but. If she's listening to the podcast, she'll know. <laughs> I do think she listens regularly, so she'll probably be like, the fuck that bitch? She's like, oh. <laughs> there was rumors going around, and, and I was like, dude, listen, you're so interesting that people are talking about you when you're not even there. I'm like, right. that's, that's the take home, at least as far as I'm concerned. And I was like, and they're doing you a beautiful favor because anybody that takes somebody else's word as gospel, that's rumor or hearsay, you don't want that person in your circle anyway. No. So fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. If they're not, if they're not willing to be in your inner circle, despite all the things that they may or may not have heard from you. And at least at the very least get their own opinion of you. 
from what they encounter, they're not worth your time. Otherwise, they're just making you fucking famous. I'm like, which bravo, any energy, whether it's infamy or not, anything is good news. Have you noticed that? I'm like, there's whole publications that are based off of this. Like, that's, that's awesome. You're famous. Like yeah. you, you should feel famous. And she was yep. like, Oh, I never thought about it like that. And I was like, well, you should, you should think about it like that. And right. then, you know, if you're out there, Jen, I, I got myself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> or did she? <laughs> I gave you something that is a key thing to think about. You should think about it. Cause I run off that all the time. I, like you, I mean, there was rumors about me and my boss, like going around, you know, town that were completely unfounded and that we right. laughed about when we finally found out that this was happening. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, the fuck? Okay. You know, like that's how they want to think. I don't know how that affects how good a tattoo artist I am. I mean, if they said I was a shit tattoo artist, that, that would be, that that's would the be the one rumor you don't want. You yeah. can have anything else. You know. Don't say I'm a bad tattoo. You can say anything else. <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't criticize my tattooing, man, we're fine. <laughs> Maybe a terrible person, but as long as I do a good tattoo, right. it doesn't matter. Like I'm not in the business of being nice to you. Right. <laughs> Hell tattoos, man. <laughs> That's the take home. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. But, you know, I, I think that that's, um, you know, again, you know, this podcast when we started, I mean, obviously we've talked like, you know, two hours now. So like in the beginning, right. There was, there was jitters and all that stuff, but clearly like, that's the thing. It was like, you know, uh, these stories and everything, when you tell them they can, they can open up and yield such wonderful things to other people. So they know they're not alone, that it's okay to have gone through these things. It's okay to have, fucked up or perceptively fucked up or maybe it wasn't even that big of a fuck up maybe you know like yeah. maybe it was it was kind of cool yeah. i i just think that ownership of of your experience and really um loving loving your life and loving the person that you've become is really key you know like it's a it's an important thing and and yeah. of course you know being critical is cool too but i don't think i don't think very many people that i've had on this podcast uh, are lacking in self critique of anything. <laughs> if anything, they have sadly, too much of that. Yes, yeah, sadly, <laughs> with artists or artistic people, that that self critique is oftentimes a little exaggerated. Yeah. I, I, I full on am that way, um, and it's good in a way. It's like it's like anything. Don't let it go too far. You know, yeah. it's it's be critical. Don't be. Um, negative don't yeah. you know don't and i've always str- i've struggled with it you know uh talking to matt the apprentice at, at weird ink and they're doing that seminar and the way he was going over things it's like wow could i have used that 10 years ago right you know you know when you have those moments where you're like i'm a fraud like somebody's gonna figure it out one day and mm-hmm. realize i'm i don't know what i'm doing and I'm terrible. And you just, and you just, you let all that weigh down on you. And it's, it's wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah. Be critical. Be like, Hey, I got to learn how to do this better. I need to do this, but you know what? I do this other stuff. Great. And yeah. people like me, people keep coming back. Like I've yeah. had clients that have come back for decades and they bring their kids now. And, and yeah. it's like, you didn't get that because you sucked. Yeah. You know, you got that because they, you earn their trust and their confidence and, and, you don't do that by being bad. No. You know, so no. remember that, you know, and no. unfortunately it's my wife that's hitting me with that, like, you know, reminding <laughs> me. So if you can't do it yourself, find somebody that'll do it for you, I guess. Be like, no. No, shut up. Totally. You know? Yeah. Totally. My boyfriend's like that now. He's always like, you're the best tattoo artist. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm like, you need to look at a lot more tattoo art before yeah, you just can don't, say that. It's like, yeah, the first words out of your mouth, they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. Fuck. You know? I'm like, dude, but- <laughs> I, I follow about as many people as follow me, and that's how much tattoo art that I look at, and I'm just yeah. like, no, man, I am not <laughs> the best. But thank you. I appreciate that. And he's always telling me how beautiful I am, how I'm a Frazetta painting, and I'm like, Dude, I want your I want your look at me because that's awesome. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to see it that way. Right. Because it's for my betterment. Um 
And it is something, you know, um, just mentioning Matt, uh, Matt Black, uh, is, is what he goes by, I think on, on Instagram, but, uh, they, they've started a self-deprecating, uh, punishment, uh, <laughs> for him, which is that they're, they're, he's has to say something, uh, what is it? He has to say something good about himself with full eye contact or something. <laughs> oh, like every I like time. that. Every time he says something self-deprecating, like if he gets to a certain tally of self-deprecating humor, he has to then make full eye contact and say how awesome he is. Like, <laughs> I, I love that. Beautiful. It's just reason 533 why I just think that shop is wonderful. Right? I mean, I, I can't, I can't tell you how much I had such a great time at, at Weird Ink. It was such a, an amazing, I knew it would be, I knew it would yeah. be from, from the minute, the minute I saw that Incromancy project, I was like, these are some cool yeah. fucking people. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really cool. Um, so how, when did you, when did you meet your wife and tell us a little bit about that? Cause I think that's important to your story as, as it, as it is now and it transitioned things, I think. It is. It was, um, it was about 10 years ago now. Um, I hate saying this because one of my rules was you just, you don't mess with clients, but she was a client. Uh, (laughs) Oh, right on. Hey, it happens. um, It does. It does. And it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a good rule to have, you know, don't, don't have frivolous affairs with clients. Yes. Um, but, um, something just clicked between us and it was every time she came in, we would just chat and, mm. and talk and talk and talk. And, and she got a tattoo on her heel, like her lower heel on the outside. So of course it needed touch-ups, right. you know? And, and I think she actually had to come in like a third time. And I'm like, listen, um, there are easier ways to hang out with me. Like there are places <laughs> that like make you food and bring you drinks and we could talk, you know? Right. And it, and of course, she's she playing off of this the whole time. Like, oh, really? You know? <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it was from the first date to now. Like, I, I, we don't spend much time apart, you know. And and she is the 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 absolute balance to me. When when I'm freaking out and not dealing with something, she is calm, cool, and collected. That's when awesome. she's freaking out and not dealing with something, I'm usually also freaking out. Um, <laughs> No, I usually try, we try to have that balance. Yeah. Um, that's a good, that's a good balance. She's just amazing. And, and she came along at the right time where I wasn't grinding anymore. I was able to focus. I was relaxed and more mature because unfortunately yeah. boys have a tendency to take a while, you know, and, and I mean, this girl did too. <laughs> the gig doesn't help. I mean, no. it's, it's, no, it if, if, if you have any sort of inclination towards like a Peter Pan syndrome, being a tattoo artist is just about the perfect. worst job you can have, you know, yeah, I think it's because perfect. <laughs> it just reinforces it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, you will find the lost boys, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I, we met and, um, it was just, we just, just got along and she would call me out on things when I was being condescending or stupid. And we communicate really well. And she just really is, is so important to me and, and such a great a partner. Um, and I work so hard to, to be worthy of that, you know? Um, and I mean, the, my two kids, like she's given me two amazing children. Oh. I know, right? It's awesome. <laughs> No, I mean that makes me really happy, dude. It really, really does. Um, something, something happens when you become a parent, or at least it did to me. Um, I learned like early on that, that it's not just the woman's hormones that change. Like your, mm-hmm. you know, your 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 hormones as well. And there's a thing that happens. You become more empathetic, more accepting towards children, towards babies. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's you want to protect them, right? Um, and unfortunately, it makes you a, a sobby old man. <laughs> And it never went away. I just, I, I be uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I love my kids immensely and they've opened up a whole realm of emotions that I'm not afraid of anymore. Like I don't right. cry in front of my wife all the time. Right. Um, well, I but think yeah, it, I mean, it's, it kind of transitions, doesn't it? Because like in the beginning, I think 
boys are very physical. So a lot of the stuff they do is like helping girls move and things like that and doing mm-hmm. all of the things that, that satiate what they know would be of help to a woman. But then when it becomes in a realm where the woman has to take the physical lead, then it's, it's like, well, what can I do on another level to yeah. support this? And mm-hmm. what can I open myself up to it? As far as I'm concerned, you know, you were always, you were always dedicated to those kind of things. You just, you knew the realms to where you could be of help and where you couldn't be of help. Uh, yeah. And, and you transitioned as you had to yeah. within what you had to do in order to, to move throughout these, these, realms that you kind of found yourself in like some of them were not you know they were kind of thrusted on you like oh I don't get to go back to college okay so tattoo oh Mm -hmm. I I'm gonna own a tattoo shop now cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's true that's very true (laughs) that's really it um and and you recognize that it's you're gonna be an amazing teacher um, I hope you know that. Um, you're going to be an incredible for- teacher. I look forward to it. Thank you for tuning in this week. That wraps up part two of Amy's interview with Patrick Ross, otherwise known as Rogue Sketch on Instagram. Please join us next week for the third and final part. Thanks for listening. You can find the Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diary. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.